All right. Hello. And welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And uh, today, this is a, this is a real mini-con of an episode, because uh, uh, today we are looking at the 11 uh, different shorts produced for the first-ish season of Transformers Robots in Disguise. What do you mean, ish? They are all very short. Were they between I mean, seasons? They, I mean, what's, I mean, they clearly take place during the first season, but they introduce, uh, some concepts that are going to come in in the second season. But they introduce concepts that come in in the second season with characters that only exist in the first season. Right. Which makes it weird. Yes. Uh, but that, of course, doesn't apply to these, this, uh, first one at all. We don't have any creative info as to who wrote these. Uh, unfortunately, uh, not on the episodes. No, they have title cards. Yes, I. But there's no. I wish we got more Transformers title cards. I yeah. really like the title cards. They're really adorable. They're they're painted. They're very much Looney Tunes title cards. Uh, Batman in the animated series style. Yeah, I was I was definitely thinking Batman the animated mm-hmm. series kind of title cards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're very cute little title cards. The first, it's actually the first few of them don't seem to be in any particular like storyline or anything they're just little one-offs and then part way through they actually get some continuity going yeah there's there sort of uh, two distinct groups of these there are the first uh the first five that are just kind of like one-off gags like the animated shorts mm-hmm. and then you've got the uh the final six which are kind of like a an episode cut up into little slices except it's even if you put them together it's much shorter than an actual episode yeah, it's yeah. like not even half an episode. I mean, they're about two minutes each. There are about six of them, so it's about 12-ish, 10, 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's appropriate, because it's all about minicons. Yes. At least those are all about minicons. Yes. I'm going to guess whoever wrote the first one is whoever just thinks that beating up on Fix-It is the funniest thing ever, because I feel like we encountered that in some of the episodes. Yes, yeah, so Just, our yeah, our first short is Fix It Jam. And it is all about how, uh, so, you know, Russell cannot find Fix It, and Grimlock uh, doesn't know where he is, although he spent the entire day stepping on him. <laughs> yes. mm. he's, he's recollecting this, and he's all like, oh yeah, I saw him that one time, and then the actual flashback is him stepping on him. I mean, they were playing soccer, there was a talent show, which I wanted to see more of. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm more confused. Like, Grimlock was running into an outhouse, <laughs> so the robots need toilets. There might be some sort of like carbon flushing mechanism. Yeah, there, like, there are definitely some uh, world building questions raised, but not adequately addressed. Got to empty my oil pan. Yeah, I mean. That kind of that that actually would have been funnier if it was his dinosaur mode, running to the bathroom. <laughs> it's like oh, oh, animal formers have to go to the bathroom. Now. Ha ha, funny. Ha ha, it's it's funny because it's potty humor. And anyway, it turns out that uh, fix it isn't as the title of the short implies is wedged in Grimlock's foot. Wait, if he's toe jam, does that make Grimlock Earl? Maybe, maybe he'd make a good Earl. 
Earl was the big one, right? I believe so. I cannot I recall. I'm going to say yes. I remember ads for that in comic books, but I never played the game. And uh, he also gives a very, uh, very David Hedison, help me, uh, like yes. like in The Fly. Yes. <laughs> Sad. I don't, I don't like Fix-It getting beat up. He's too small for this. Well, Russell tries to uh, wedge him out, but, and uh, unfortunately, all it succeeds in doing is uh, making Grimlock ticklish. Yes. Ooh. Which, wait, that came up in an episode, didn't it? Wasn't Grimlock ticklish? I think Somebody it did. Ticklish. Yes. Yeah. So he, he transforms to dino mode, fix it disappears, but now he is somehow <sighs> inside of Grimlock. Yes, he ended up where Grimlock's feet end up when he trans, which is a very, it's a very good use of transformation. Yes. In physical humor. We don't get nearly enough of that, and we should get more. Yes. And that's it for Fix-It Jam. It's rare that we have Transformers inside of other Transformers that aren't Headmasters or something. It's it's one of those things that it's weird to think about. Or that time that, I think, was it Hoist drove uh, Huffer's truck mode? Yeah. But at least that's a cab mode. This is like... Oh, that was weird. This is like going inside Megatron <laughs> and fighting his antibodies. Level. His evil or, or, brain impulses. Yes. I love the evil... I have those sometimes. It's my evil brain impulses. So that now brings us to to catch a phrase. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I don't know why it didn't... It didn't hit me quite so hard before, but I feel like this version of Bumblebee has a lot of of Rodimus Prime energy, and I just feel like this episode is like a very, this little short is very Rodimus Prime energy. Yes. Yes. But not just any Rodimus Prime, very much the IDW written by James Roberts, Rodimus. See that? I was thinking even just like season three cartoon, but like maybe some of the, the... I'm not going to say sillier episodes, like the more intentionally silly episodes. Yes. Yeah, but I don't feel like those were being funny with Rodimus. They were funny and Rodimus was there. (laughs) I think a better written season three Rodimus. Not not quite the himbo that uh, IDW Rodimus Mm -hmm. was, but uh, just like a more thoughtfully written season three Rodimus would totally be Robots in Disguise Bumblebee because he's trying so hard. And in this short, he's trying so hard to come up with his own catchphrase. And it's going badly. (laughs) It's keeping him up all night. He comes up with uh, Convert and Conquer. And he's like, we're not really here to conquer. Uh, Rip it up and ride it out. That just sounds wrong. And he rejects one because it's insulting to Slipstream. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't we don't even we don't get hear to hear that what one. that one was. But I do Can't... appreciate that we have established that. Oh, I guess Slipstream is one of the mini cons. Yes. Because for some reason, my brain immediately went to the Lady Seeker. Oh, <laughs> really? You're the one that likes the mini cons in this show. I do, They're but the I children. Can't and yet you straight. forgot about them. I'm blaming. Uh, I'm blaming Twitter. I'm blaming the well, internet. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot more fan art about the ladies. 
Now I want to know what it was that you said that was offensive to one, not many cons in general, but one specific mini con. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got one that he can't make work because he can't rhyme anything with orange. <laughs> well, that's kind of the one he ends on. Uh, yeah, I think he has six is- fully formed phrases that aren't just a word. Are we counting these? Is it is the count up to 22 now? It might be 22. I also forgot to mention engines loud and make me proud. <laughs> <laughs> that one's really bad. Also, Grimlock doesn't have an engine. I mean, I guess he does. No, of. but engines loud make me proud. Someone could make that work, not Bumblebee. Maybe an Optimus Prime. Somebody. And so he's or actually that's more of like a Motormaster saying. Yeah. As, I can so, see that as a stunt con. So Strongarm finally finds him. It's the middle of the night. He's covered in post-it notes. He's got rhyming <laughs> madness. <laughs> <laughs> Just everything he he tries to say to her, he has to try to rhyme, and it's it's not good. He's in bad shape. He needs to go to bed. Yes. Oh, he's become Etrigan and engulfed with the puns of man. No. <laughs> so she finally shuffles him off without him having found a uh, unacceptable catchphrase. Alas. R.I.P. him. And that now brings us to Sticky Situation. <laughs> Bumblebee's driving. He's uh, He's got Denny inside him. Denny is blaring some sort of, like, Stan Bush-sounding uh, rock music. Yeah, hmm. some dad rock. And most importantly, Denny is eating something with too much condiments. Way too much ketchup and way too much mustard. I, I thought, oh, so many condiments. He went through the McDonald's drive through in the middle of the night when they're not really trying. <laughs> Just squirt everything on there. I mean, it, I, I I don't have that much of an aversion to t- too many condiments. I've, I've seen all of Gun X Sword and condiments are fine. It's just that it was oozing out of the sandwich all in his hands. Oh, he, He's smearing it on the console. <laughs> and on the seat next to him and on the windows and uh, so much trash uh, th- in, in the I, passenger's this, seat. Either this was a long trip or Denny is about, his heart's about to explode out of his chest. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard to blame him for eating in a car that drives itself. Yeah. But his table manners without a table are all oh, so hey, bad. I oh, found I, this very relatable because when I am like out running errands, I like to get lunch. And normally, pre-pandemic, I would like take a moment and go inside and sit down and eat and maybe read something oh. and. Now I have to eat in my car, and so my poor brand new car that's not even a year old yet has so many fast food crumbs in it, and it makes me so sad. <laughs> well, cr- crumbs are different because they tend to be dry. This is all wet mustard and ketchup and pickle juice and you know. There's something else. orange in there, so it's like uh, <laughs> like maybe a sriracha or uh, barbecue. Or the cheese is just runny. Are there, there, are there some Sweet orange stuff that they have at Arby's? Is that the the horsey sauce? Oh yeah, horsey sauce. sauce. Well, that's uh, more of a reddish orange. The Arby's sauce is sort of a barbecue-y. It may also be uh, Guy Fieri's donkey sauce. Oh no. Maybe it's, uh, there was a uh, a pizza place back in Columbus that had slut sauce. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> what is it? Is this a thinned out barbecue sauce? I'm not sure. I usually just had the garlic butter, which had uh, a Unless picture a, of the characters with... from Twilight on the cover. the bottle. It's entirely possible this is a mayo chup. Maybe. Maybe it's a Ugh. mayo chup. A- anyway, th- they finally arrive back at the junkyard and... B transforms and it is squirted out of his shoulder and door joints. And, <laughs> oh. oh, he's so so gross, so out. unclean. So he has to go in uh, a car wash of doom. Well, I will say that uh, the kudos to whoever's doing the foley for this episode because it's extremely gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of horrible squishy sounds. And th- and this is the same um, car wash that uh, Strongarm was secretly sneaking off to. Oh, oh was in it? Uh, sideways? I thought it was she, in the junkyard. But... She let them in. Mm. It does look well, like it's, it's in the, the junkyard, model. but maybe it's not. Uh, it's definitely the same model. Maybe they built the, one. Maybe they moved it there. Maybe they yeah. were like, "Okay, yeah. Strongarm, if you want to do this, that's fine, but let's not do it in some place where you're going to blow your cover." Or maybe they just liked the idea so much. It was like how you can absolutely buy those big massage chair recliners. Like oh, if you like the yeah. one at the mall so much that you want to spend two to three thousand dollars to have your own at home. Honestly, yeah. Like <laughs> Honestly, I got a also, friend in Wisconsin yes. who got one. Maybe not the most expensive <sighs> one, but I tried it once. And it was like, oh, I wish I had one of these freaking things. Look, if I did think not, how much you save in quarters though. If hmm. I did not live on the second floor, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I might have bought that before I bought a new laptop. But also, I think they're always leather or faux leather, and that that gets messy. Oh, with a cat? No. Yeah. No. Just imagine a leather vibrating chair with a cat, and they step on the button to turn it on, and claw marks everywhere. <laughs> no. Anyway, Bumblebee's having a shower here like he's Karen Silkwood. Yes. Not clean. Not clean. Just Lady Macbeth here. Just the spots will not come off. And it's just mumbling about how, you know, they have napkins why, why on can't Cybertron. Denny use a napkin? We even have those on Cybertron. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which, again, brings up odd thoughts, but I guess they do eat things. Sometimes. And I guess we know they eat. Some of them do, anyway. And there are guys who are known to be, like, messy, like Blot. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, so maybe if it's, you have so maybe any maybe it's less fluids, a napkin and more like a chamois. It's good to have some kind of, yeah, like a chamois. It's just that, you know, that is what their napkins are. Because they're not going to be paper. Mm. They don't have trees. That's right. Although, as we're about to find out, they might have flowers. (laughs) Well. So anyway, he finally gets all of these, uh, the remnants of these diners, drive-ins, and dives off him. (laughs) Uh And then immediately Sideswipe just drives past and uh, douses him with mud from a (laughs) pipe. Yes. Womp womp. Bum 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 ba da 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 Mm. Where I guess they have a... I like that there's no explanation for why all the Autobots are just parked. 
just sitting around. Are the, are they running a uh, are they running a sting? Well, considering how the end of the episode is, probably. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I guess we'll we'll get to that at the end of the episode. I'm pretty sure in making tracks when tracks get stolen, they were like actually working with human law enforcement to to catch this big car theft ring that ended up being tied to the Decepticons. And this is also was there an ep- was there was there a Generation One issue where Bumblebee gets stolen? Um, <sighs> somebody got stolen. Does he get Does stolen? Bumblebee? Yes, that? Uh, plight of the Bumblebee. Yes, Clen- uh, yes, Ken plight Lemons- of the Bumblebee. Len Kaminsky. Yes. Uh, later went on to uh, co-create War Machine. Also wrote a bunch of uh, Ghost Rider twenty ninety nine. That's right. That's where I mostly know him from. And uh, also also wrote the short-lived uh, DC book Scare Tech Cat. about a bunch of teenage monsters who form a band. Cat, why? Why are you doing this oh, to that me, book. Come on. Yes. Get in the lap. I did, should, did I read an issue of that? <laughs> I feel like maybe I did. Hey, Rob, completely random question out of nowhere. Do you happen to know if Marvel Unlimited has Steel Town Rockers? It does not. Uh, I actually think, I think that might be an epic book, so I think it might be creator owned. Really? Mm. I think I still yes. have at least most, if not all, of a set of them in, in my old stuff that I've hung on to. So I guess I'll have to actually dig them out and read physical copies. Let me see. Actually, I'm curious now. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have the epic logo on it. I think it's possible they could put Steel Town Rockers on. Well, it. they should. I, I think I was thinking of Steel Grip's uh, Sharky and his all-purpose power to it. Ah, okay. Very well then. <laughs> and thankfully, it's it's a Wikipedia page. It very helpfully says it is not clear whether Steel Town Rockers takes place in the Marvel universe. <laughs> With, Thank you, Wikipedia. That what? Shouldn't it be clear well, either there are or there are not superheroes in the issues somewhere? Well, I mean, it's not well, relevant because it's just about these people making well, band. Yeah, th- then it doesn't. Take also, place. Th- also, there aren't any. Well, there aren't any superheroes in you know uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's all the way over in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's not in New York is. City. Also, apparently, there is an issue of Moon Knight where uh, somebody has. Uh, Dazzler and Steel Town Rockers albums, so it's possible. Oh, it is possible. I'm, I'm gonna get ready for a Phase Six of the MCU, everybody. Yes, maybe that'll <laughs> be the next Steel Town Rockers streaming only on Disney Plus. Maybe it'll be the next Hulu show. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, yeah, th- yeah, this guy is tr- is he's gonna steal Bumblebee, or at least he intends to. Uh, but then he gets electrocuted and then hit with the door. Yes. Which, I mean, I'm pretty sure the thing with, in, in making tracks when, when tracks get stolen by Raul, like, they're not beating up the humans. They're just trying to find where they're taking all these vehicles that they're, that are being stolen, which the Decepticons yes. are turning into transforming drones. Yes, this is this is a very uh, this is a more RoboCop. Yeah, this is a lot more uh, violent and a lot less 
getting a charming street urchin sidekick. <laughs> I love Raul. He's a good kid for a criminal. So anyway, the, of course, this guy is clearly incredibly stupid because the next car he tries to steal is a police truck. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't do that. I mean, and you she's... especially shouldn't do it if it's alive yes. and it's going to slam your hand in it. I mean, to be fair, she's got the light bars, but she's not otherwise marked. Hmm. So you, you gotta have, you gotta have that attention to detail if you're a car thief. You really should, yes. So it just drags him along by his hand, and he's just getting increasingly injured as this happens. Yes. Like he's got a cast, he's on crutches. You know, maybe at that point, you don't need a car. You need to go home and call it a night. At this point, you're going to need to steal an ambulance. Yes. <laughs> and Ratchet isn't in this series because yet. Because next, he tries to steal Sideswipe. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, my cats are being, I don't know if you heard Arya wow. there, <laughs> lamenting yeah. that I won't I let her go out on the porch the when anyway. it's like 50 degrees out. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, she's, like, at the bottom of the stairs by the front door, so she's not, like, right by... I'm gonna... Oh, well, that's probably why it's probably. I'm gonna... I'm going to step away for a moment. Feel free to continue. See if I can convince her to maybe settle down. I'll I'll hold on. I think she's sufficiently distracted. She's lamenting. She's just so sad. Anyway, so Sideswipe takes him for a terrifying wild ride. Yes. He buckles in, he drives upside down, and then finally dumps him out. Again, a lot more harm to humans than we normally see from the Autobots. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, this guy, he's got a crutch, he's in a cast, his arm's in a sling. And he very, very nervously, because I guess this is clearly taking place over multiple nights, because he's going to the hospital, <laughs> yes. getting looked at, and he's, he's going to need to steal cars just to pay for his yeah. uh, health care. Cool. And so, he, you know, he looks at this car, and even though it is the same model as Clampdown, it is not the same car. I was really... I was looking at it, I was like, that doesn't look like the right model to be Steeljaw, but it would be funny if it was Steeljaw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's much too small to be Steeljaw. But steel I think jaw. what actually happens is funnier than if it had turned out to be Steeljaw. Yeah. Yes. So he very gingerly makes sure this car is not alive. <laughs> it does not appear to be, so he gets in, and then it is seized and devoured by Underbite. <laughs> It's a good punchline. So I guess this t- whole time they were trying to stake out Underbite. I would like Presumably. to point out that he does fall out of the car before Underbite actually finishes him off. Yes, he is not <laughs> eaten alive. It's not about by him being eaten alive, but yes. 
Although, although that would allow the Autobots to defeat him, because as we know, uh, he does not uh, react well to organic materials. Yes. No. So I don't know how that works if he eats a car that has, like, leather seats. That's a good question. Uh, Maybe he just gets, like, a little belchy. And fiberglass? I don't think he's going to digest fiberglass well. Mm. But yes. So, so yeah, this guy falls out of the car and he just, he waves the white flag. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, maybe the Autobots were were staking out trying to, uh, because Underbite had been tearing up cars in the area and they were trying to catch him. Mm -hmm. Not human car thieves who were selling cars to the, I don't even know if they were selling the cars to the Decepticons, because, like... Where would G1 Megatron get money? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe he's giving them laser guns or something? Maybe. Maybe. They do have things that are that are valuable to New York City street gangs in the 80s. So, uh, mm. but, man, I want to rewatch that episode. Anyway. <laughs> so, we now, uh, we now go on to Perfect. Oh, you, you forgot <laughs> to mention, like, when he gives up and he's been shaken out of the car, he holds up a little white flag. Yeah, he waves the white flag. Yes. Which, like, a Wiley e. Coyote ending, sure. That's <laughs> much appreciated. <laughs> so, yeah, perfect. So, Grimlock, he's got one of the Decepticon Hunters, which he usually does not use, and he's decided to make his perfect weapon. And this is basically why he does not use it. Mm-hmm. So, so, and he, you know, it's not really working. Denny's is sort of trying to, you know, talk him through it, you know, visualize your, your perfect weapon. And first he makes like a, he's trying to, you know, come up with his inner Dinobot. Like, yeah, think, think, just close your eyes and, and tap into your inner Dinobot. And, and he comes up with what looks like a Charmander version of Dinobot. Oh, it's, it's so adorable. It, it, it is very Pokemon-ish. Yes. And then he's all, no, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta, you know, uh, visualize your power. Oh, power. And then so he comes up with flowers, which are acid waste azaleas. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, so I guess there's flowers. Flowers on Cybertron. Well, um, we didn't know. We did see that one in yeah. the opening of uh, Beast Machines. Well, yeah, but that, that's different. Well, we don't know if it has an organic core in this continuity. <laughs> And so, uh, he thinks, you know, no, no, you're like your, your, your best weapon, your most powerful weapon. And it just comes up with a giant Grimlock fist on a stick, <laughs> like, like a Hulk hand yeah. on a stick. He's like, it's perfect <laughs> because it is, because this is why he doesn't use a Decepticon hunter. Cause he just wants to punch things. That's right. All right, and that is it for the gags. And now we are on to a plot. <gasps> and that is Knock Knock, also the name of one of my favorite uh, Ghostbusters episodes. Which which one is that? Uh, isn't that the one where there's like like the gate to hell in the subway or something? Maybe I don't. Oh. Uh, right. I, I think don't it's, even remember a lot of individual episodes of that. There's anymore. like a monster it's face on the door that says, do, Oh, do, do not, not open, open until, doomsday. until Doomsday. Oh, I thought the title of that one had Doomsday in it for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, but that's a good episode. And I think that, and that's like maybe the first episode or something, so it's the pilot. 
And so mm-hmm. it's a lot f- creepier mm. than all the other episodes. <laughs> like they're like they're in well, not, the not all, maybe uh, not all the episodes. They're in the subway and it's just full of zombies. Yeah, there's zombies and skeletons wow. and do like the subway cars turn into monsters or something? Something like that. Yes, it, it's definitely written by uh, J. Michael Straczynski. Mm. This sounds great. It's a good episode. I want to watch this now. One of these days. Anyway, uh, but no, uh, there is no gateway to hell in this. Instead, it is our old pal Fracture in what will be his last appearance on this show. Because he does not get unimprisoned. Really? Uh, from his imprisonment at the end of Battlegrounds. Ah. So, so, so enjoy that Kevin Pollock while you can. And then I guess, I don't know, watch uh, The Usual Suspect. Or End of Days, the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger fights the devil. <laughs> I wanted to see that when it was new, and then I didn't, and then I did never actually get around to seeing it. I mean, it's extremely stupid, but I would recommend seeing it. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I am a, I'm a Schwarzenegger enthusiast, and it, it's just so stupid. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Fracture, he's, uh, you know, he's out, out in the wilderness with, uh, with Air Razor and Dive Bomb, his, uh, his freaky little monster minicons. His little and He buddies. finds a stasis pod. And, uh, and it open, he opens the, cracks the pod open, but it, it does not have a Decepticon in it. It has a minicon. The minicon backtrack. This is like and... some Bakugan nonsense here. <laughs> yes, they're very Bakugan. Uh, they're also very Frank Welker, because they're just making little gremlin noises. They, yeah, look very nibbler sounding. They really sound like Frank Welker. But not actually voiced by Frank Welker? I, there are no credits on this. Apparently, in the they're going to show up in the next season. They're voiced by Steve Bloom. Ah. Okay. But it's definitely Steve Bloom having watched an episode of Ghostbusters with Slimer in it. Mm. <laughs> yes. It's... Or an episode of Futurama with Nibbler. Yes. I was also definitely thinking that this It would be was... kind of great if he had, like, the like the smart nibbler voice. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I guess in, in his gremlin-like form, that would make him the, uh, you know, the smart gremlin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why, well, we want what you want, Fracture. Civilization. Oh, man. I need to... That's another thing I should rewatch sometime soon is gremlins, too. Oh. Now I just want minicons treated as gremlins. Well, I, ju- I just want more minicons because they're a good concept that needs to be well. Every well, good news because uh, these shorts are are rotten with. Yes. Yeah. Well. So and for some reason he is obsessed with rocks. Yeah. Well, he's obsessed with small things he could pick up and manipulate. They're cool and and shiny, possibly. And in what will turn out to be a recurring theme here. No large Transformers actually know anything about Minicons? Yeah, that's really interesting. That's that, like... Because Fracture, because, you know, Air Racing Dive Bomb are, oh no, it's a Cyclone, and Fracture's all, uh, you know, WTF is that. Well, you see, they're, they're Decepticon Minicons that are torpedoes, like us, <laughs> and they're Buzzsaw Minicons, and those are Autobots. And then there's these guys that are Cyclones, they're just like weird gremlin monsters. So many questions! Yeah. So many questions. And then, so it's like, is Fix-It officially a Minicon, or do I just keep calling him a Minicon because he's little? I'm reasonably sure he's also a Minicon. I think they refer to him as Minicon. I'm pretty sure. 
I mean, I think we saw some minicons that do that do not necessarily fall into the <laughs> torpedo buzzsaw well, cyclone trinary. Yes, as like most of them in next season, other than like the first few. So yeah, this is a little odd, but yeah, they're just these little Bakugan things. They're just both of them turn into little spheres and. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there's a second one that comes out. That is, we've got Backtrack and we've got Ransack. I like that their names are, like, phenomically very similar. That's going to be a thing next season. They always come in pairs and they always have, like, thematic names. They used to have so much, like, very involved headcanon about, like, mini-cons and being in... in pairs or groups of three or or individual ones bonding with bigger robots because it deepened their sparks they felt so alone (laughs) so now i'm really looking forward to uh once we get to the the next season after our next season of rescue bots and and seeing lots of Paired up mini cons with matching names. It's gonna be my favorite. I love mini cons so, so much. They're so good. Yeah, so, so Air Razor and Dive Bomb, they're the voices of reason here. They're like, you know, you don't want any part of these mini cons. They're, they're trouble. But Fractures are like, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm, I'm the big robot. You're the little robot. I'm the boss. Uh, you know, Cyclones swear allegiance to me. And they just kick his ass. I do appreciate uh, To the tune of shaving a haircut. <laughs> yes. Which again, more Looney Tunes. Yes. But, uh, I, I do appreciate that they have this discussion of how, like, I, the Minicons can, like, basically they choose to, to have a, a particular master. And if you can't just make one follow you if they don't want to. So, yeah, these yes. little guys don't want to. They're like, nope. Mm-hmm. We're too small and round. So, we next go to The Power of Dibs. <laughs> it's so serious. Well, in, in speaking of serious, Drift is preparing to, uh, uh, he's preparing for his young charges to watch a training simulation. Yes. Which. But Sideswipe tells him, ah, uh, no, it's, it's a movie, and also you're in my seat. Yes. Because he <laughs> has called Dibs. That's right. But they, of course, they don't know of dibs, and it is, they learned that, you know, once one is called dibs, that is yours, it is most dishonorable <laughs> to disobey the dibs. Yes. That's oh, so good. So, so Fixit calls him over and he's like, hey, listen, we, we detect a couple of new minicons. And, uh, and once again, Drift also doesn't know what the deal with these cyclone minicons are. Yeah, like, I, okay, so it, it does come up in where we'll be in like 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, they mentioned that he was like, they were on Luna 1, and I'm wondering if minicons are just from the moon. <laughs> minicons well, are in, moon in people. In the aligned continuity, the minicons do all live on the moon, on the moon colonies. So maybe that's the, that's the thing, is they have like their own subculture out there that the other. Yeah. Robots have not bothered to learn because they're jerks. And and I, I mean, it's possible also that the cyclones are like the embarrassing relative that we don't talk about. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. You know, we don't want everybody to think that we're just a bunch of like 
goblin balls. <laughs> I want to be a goblin ball. Just spin around. It's fun making goblin balls. Anyway, so yeah, so, you know, somebody's got to hunt them down, but, and Slipstream, he is, he calls dibs. He says it is his responsibility. And, uh, you know, Bumblebee is all, I don't know about this. Very serious drift- about it. He's very grim about his calling of dibs. Yes. And Drift is all, well, you know, my, my, my young Padawan, I must respect your calling of dibs. <laughs> Basically, almost verbatim. He doesn't actually use the word a paddle. But he definitely uses the word dibs. Yes. I, I guess I was just thinking that because I watched Dark Man last night, so I've got uh, Liam Neeson on the brain. No. <laughs> and uh, another weird thing here, we we get the uh, the mugshot of, uh, or, well, you know, the, the, like, you know, prisoner file for Backtrack and Ransack, and mm. they are accompanied by... One of those weird headless robots that Prime fought in that simulation last uh, season? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that was just because that it's... was a spare model that they had lying around. Well, and also, they're going to use that model for Overload, who is a ga- a toy that launched those, and I think we'll partner up with them later in the show. Ah, yeah, okay. Well, the drone thing was shooting these little Medicon monsters in the simulation of the afterlife yes. or whatever nonsense. They're mm-hmm. so little. And yeah, so that is it for that one. And now now it's back and forth. And weirdly enough, there is a pair of Minicons uh, who we are going to see in the next season named Back and Forth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes! I love it. I am here for this. Wait, are they also little orb guys? A lot of them are little orb guys. Well, you know, Hasbro wanted to do some Bakugans. I mean, they have, they do the Bakugan toys in the U.S., right? Um, I think so. I don't remember. I believe so. Or possibly Battle B Demand? Is that that the same thing? I think that Uh, maybe it's not. Okay. I don't think, I'm, I'm, well, let me Google while you do. And then what are the things there? The tops? Is that also no, Bakugan? No, that's Beyblade. Beyblade, yeah. Beyblade. That's what I was I do about. remember it, like, the BotCon where Bakugan was, like, first, was was a new thing in Japan. And somebody had gotten one from probably Azusa and just had, like, the little metal thing and just dropped it on there and it popped open. Yeah. And we were all like... <gasps> They're great. They're amazing. That's they're so they're deployers or corticons. Yes. Okay, it looks like battle beat them on. They're like guys who shoot marbles. Yeah, that's different. That's dangerous. Um, that's <laughs> I dangerous. have. Yeah, that's definitely lodged in somebody's esophagus. Like very yeah. recently, I was at like TJ Maxx and they had some Bakugan that I was thinking about getting just as fidget toys because they're just very satisfying. Also, the transformation oh. of these guys reminded me a lot of Egg Beasts. If you want to spend yes. ridiculous amounts of money on <laughs> extremely no, don't do obscure. That. You can get a shitload of Bakugan really cheap. And apparently they're Sega Toys and Spin Master. Oh. So. You know, the guy who founded Spin Master 
was the guy who created Inhumanoids for Hasbro. According to Wikipedia. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought Hasbro got them. Back and forth. I thought they were like Takara and then Hasbro got them, but no, I guess I was wrong. No, Beataman is Takara. Oh, okay. That's Is uh, Beyblade Takara? I don't know. I didn't look up that one. Maybe that, maybe I'm confusing Bakugan with Beyblade for purposes of who has toy rights. Oh, Beyblade is Hasbro, yeah. Okay. So that's probably why why I was confused. Like, I know which one is which, but once you get into things like whose brand name is. Well, they all start with B. Yeah. Beyblade, Bakugan, B Daman. Metabots. Stupid, confusing. Well, that's, that's (laughs) okay. I think that was breaking some other random. I'm not gonna look up that one. I think it was here out of nowhere. Look, Retro Crush has Metabots for some reason. Anyway, so, so yeah, the Fracture is uh, looking for these minicons with his own minicons, and he finds that they have uh, they have drawn an unflattering caricature of Fracture into the ground with their ball bodies. Yes. <laughs> it's very cute. They're so good. By which I mean very bad, very bad and mischievous and adorable. And then he stumbles on some bombs and gets knocked out. Yes. Oops. Like unconscious. So now it's mini so now it's it's Minicon versus Minicon, and Dive Bomb and Airraiser are telling Backtrack Ransack how fantastic it is to work for uh for Fracture. He's a fantastic boss. He does all the walking. Sometimes he smiles. <laughs> yes, and he's the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. I really like he does all the walking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He'll just I know, we just uh, attach to his shoulders and he walks everywhere. Yeah. It's great. I have to scurry everywhere on my little bug legs. Yes. Which he does not have any way to approach people that doesn't seem creepy. <laughs> I mean, they're both creepy little goblin guys. Yes, they... I mean, Dive Bomb has those, like... Weird long monkey arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah both of and them. And then Air Razor is just like a, a, a walking nightmare. Because I just noticed when they were approaching the Cyclones that especially Air Razor just has no way of approaching people that does not look creepy. Yes, <laughs> that seemed unfortunately counterproductive. Oh, Beta Man seemed overly expensive for a little. Gun to me things that shoot marbles that you don't put together yourself and look really cheap. Yeah. Well, I guess it, it's mostly the aftermarket. That, man, that's not good. Yeah. So anyway, they, you know, make some goblin noises and Aerazer's all, oh, I guess that means you say yes. <laughs> uh, but then they just, uh, launch them on a, uh, on a tree that they're standing on. So they just get, uh, hucked off into the distance. Mischief occurs. Mm. It's very mischievous. Yes. So, so you know, they, we're not recruiting anymore. We're gonna, we're gonna wreck these guys up. So they turn into their torpedo modes and chase after. If them. They're done. It's just gonna be fight time now. Yep. So now we're on to the tragedy of Slipstream. This has a really great title card. <laughs> it does. It looks really tragic. It, it's very Batman the Animated Series. It is. <laughs> so anyway, Slipstream is off, and Jetstorm has followed him because you know they're bros, and he cannot allow him to go on this dangerous mission alone. Yes. Now again, Slipstorm is or Slipstream is the more serious Slipstorm. of the two of them. Uh, when we've yes. had the previous episodes where one of them has been like 
insecure and run away from home. That was Jetstorm. So Slipstream is the more stoic, serious of the two. So that that makes mm. this even more adorable. Yes. And he mentions, you know, you, you know, we 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 met and we 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 met as thieves. And we are going to get some uh, expansion on that backstory quite a bit later. Mm. But you know, the, you know, I have to tell you of my before I I turned to a life of crime. Oh, yes, I, uh, I I I was a child on Luna One in Helpful Help- City. <laughs> Helpful City. <laughs> That's Helpful not dystopian City. at all. I mean, I I see it less dystopian and more like. These minicon moons are just like adorable baby towns. That too. That too. <laughs> I was just sort of thinking like, yeah. that like they are a servant class and they are being indoctrinated <laughs> very deeply into their social status. But I suppose I'm it's also because all their... they're very helpful. I, I just assume that all their cities have the names that sound like like British children shows you've never heard of. Yes. <laughs> Like, you know, oh yeah, helpful city just down the road from my, you know, cheerful village. Yes. Sunshine Town. Exactly. Quacking upon Rotterham Shire. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And, you know, he was in Serenity Yard going over a bridge. And then he was attacked by a cyclone. (gasps) Oh no! And it took my most precious possession. My first ball bearing. Yeah. <laughs> and they just roll just it off. The ball. And he's crying. And that, is, and, and that is the tragedy of Slipstream and why he must set out on this dangerous mission alone. <laughs> he's crying. And it's just the saddest little baby. <laughs> They're already too cute. And then they make them be little kids in a flashback. <laughs> and I can't deal with it. That's it. I'm going home. Can't deal with it anymore. Well, too bad, because we got two more. It's a level playing field. Yes. And we get we get a three-way minicon rumble. Yes, they're gonna fight. Or at least a or at least it starts out as a three-way minicon rumble, but it turns out the cyclones are very interested in pile up a bunch of rocks on top of each other. They're simple minicons with simple needs. All they want to do is pile some rocks on top of each other. All they want to do is make a cairn. <laughs> this is important. This means something. <laughs> Except it actually comes out as... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're getting into Ewok territory there. <laughs> oh, no. Be careful. Those will eat you. <laughs> where's Where's Wilford Brimley when you need him? Look, they're not people. That's not oh, cannibalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's only cannibalism. They ate other Ewoks. Yeah. They're probably eating everything on that planet. Wilford Brimley, are... those, those weird <laughs> green goblin guys from the Ewoks cartoon. Ah, uh, that's going to be on Disney Plus soon. The rabbits, of which there's only one left. Although sure. I don't know how they caught them because they're really freaking fast. Uh, probably those orc guys from that second movie. Oh. Oh, yeah. They definitely got it. I am going to watch we're... those movies. It's going to be great. I am absolutely going to watch those. 
<coughs> oh, they're putting them both on? They're putting them both on and the Ewoks cartoon. Strangely, not droids. <sighs> not droids, yeah. I, I really wish I want droids. Yeah, they should I mean, put droids, because I think droids has more things that have been reused in canon. Well, I mean, and it's, it just feels more like Star anyway. Wars. I mean, you know, you got spaceships and yeah. robots and the Empire, whereas uh, we're just fighting a bunch of magical creatures in that Ewok show. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the second Ewok movie has, like, child murder at the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, yes. Maybe it's leading up to something. Maybe they're going to release droids along with some, like, big... I don't know, Disney Plus C-3PO series. Oh, I'd watch I mean, that on, so listen, hard. We, we, we gotta, Anthony Daniels is still alive. We gotta get on this. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because oh, wasn't there an entire episode of Rebels that was all robots? Ooh. They should just do that. Or one of the cartoons. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch any after Clone Wars. There's been two of them now? But anyway, the, the other thing that they're crazily re-releasing is the, um, they're putting out the animated segment from the holiday special. Yes. With the one good part, yeah. The only part we're Well, good in quotes. Well, probably also the part that we don't have to pay, like, extra licensing fees for, and also- Yeah, all the music. That, that, yeah. that Lucas won't have us killed for releasing. Yes. Yeah. And we, it's got Boba Fett. We don't it's have to Boba throw Fett. money at B. Arthur's estate. That's right. I'm trying to- I, boy, I think everybody from that- Who's like all the non-Star Wars actors might be dead now. I mean, most of all them the were, musicians. Too? A lot of them were kind of old when it was made. All also, I assume all were. the musicians were just using cocaine constantly. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, also I, I can't remember. I can't remember if Grace Slick was still in Starship at the time, Jefferson Starship at the time, but she's still alive. Oh. Well. Anyway, so yeah, uh, you know the. The Autobot minicons find the Decepticon minicons. The Autobot ones are angrily, you know, the Decepticon ones say, you know, well, we saw him first, but Slipstream, he called dibs. Yeah, he did call dibs. And Slipstream gets knocked right into this pile of rocks. And now the Cyclones have gone from mischievous gremlins to homicidal gremlins. How dare. <laughs> How dare. They, they're about to send this old lady's, uh, lift chair out her window. <laughs> they're very upset by this. And they're, they're just firing laser blasts from their chests, so. They've got tiny a... lasers! Yes. Do any of the other Minicons have project, have like lasers? They probably Not did. Um, probably some of the later some ones. Of them I know you've got like, there's one with heat powers and one with cold powers. They've got lasers! Wait, there's a heat miser. Tiny lasers. Minicon. They, they actually kind that. of look like the heat miser and the cold miser. Oh, neat. And one of them is a '70s TV child actor, Robbie Rist. <gasps> Who? Yes. Uh, cousin, cousin Oliver, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Doctor Z from that uh, last season of Battlestar Galactica. The one oh, who was in Kid right. Video. The one who looks like a tiny Paul Williams. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I totally worked kid video into a conversation at work the other day, Absolutely. and I was not sorry. <laughs> Did they just stare at you slack-jawed as if they could not believe such a thing existed? No. We have a newer guy at work who was actually a rehire from right as I was leaving before. 
uh, and and we seem to get along on that level. So he, I don't know if he remembered it, but he was definitely understood the context in which I was speaking. Because immediately prior to that, I had been delivering the astonishing revelation that uh, Peacock has Exo Squad season two. Mm. So this now brings us to our final short: two plus two equals more. So uh, both uh, both of the minicons are, or both sets of minicons, are behind this rock, sheltering from this onslaught of the cyclones. It devolves into a slap fight. <laughs> of course it does. And so Jetstorm finally figures, hey, listen, we gotta we gotta put our differences aside so we do not get murdered by these gremlins. Yes, they and, do know, not being... care for our our ways. Of peace. They're being very falsely played. You know, well, I'm glad you asked, villainous trash. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's very good. And so they team up there. It's sort of like a fastball special kind of thing where one Autobot is riding a torpedo mm-hmm. and one Decepticon is throwing the buzzsaw. Yes. And it's pretty cool. So they, they finally knock out these cyclones. And so... Now, Slipstream and Jetstorm, you know, they're all, you know, okay, so we now have to arrest you, too. But they say, no, 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 listen, you have to, uh, you can only carry one set of Minicons back to your base, Uh and we invoke the ancient Earth tradition of not it. (laughs) One, two, three, not it. That's pretty great, and considering that they are not hanging around a human child the way that the Autobot Minicons are, I kind of want to know where they learned it. I'm going to have to assume they, uh, they, they just watched a bunch of TV. Probably. Probably they watch a lot of TV with, like, rambunctious children. Like, they're big fans of Dennis the Menace. Or they just commandeered a movie theater like Gremlins. Yes! That's also Wearing possible. Three glasses, hawking popcorn at the screen... <laughs> and then, and then, then Phoebe Cates tries to set them on fire. It's a conveniently automated movie theater. <laughs> oh yeah, not a not a Phoebe Cates or a Zach Galligan to be found. Nope. <laughs> All right, so they so they get back to the base with these uh, these two cyclones, and shockingly, they get a hug from Drift. <laughs> Aww. And he, he, you know, he quickly, you know, backs out of it, but he's all, you know, I am most pleased that you re- returned unharmed. And, uh, he's got a safe face. That's right. He almost but had it, a it, feeling. That's right. That is not a problem that Fracture has, because they get back there and Fracture's all, oh, listen, this never happened. <laughs> <laughs> this didn't happen in a full-length episode. It's not in continuity. <laughs> yes. Gonna go in italics on the wiki page. We're never going to talk about it again. Not gonna talk about that time I was knocked out by a bunch of bunch of goblin balls. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, that is it for the shorts. I uh, I enjoyed these actually. Yeah, that was fun. I, yeah. I love mini cons. They're good and tiny, and apparently children. <laughs> I kind of prefer the the earlier random ones that are just Looney Tunes as opposed to the little story ones, but they was fine. I kind of like the story ones better. I like uh, I like just the the mini con on mini con combat, 
And also, uh, you know, some weird goblin guys. I liked both kinds of shorts equally. They both <laughs> had their positives and not really any negatives. They're both extremely enjoyable. Wait, Cousin Oliver is in Naruto? Oh, he's he's like a big voice actor now, yeah. I guess. Okay. I mean, amusingly, he's also in that um, in that episode of Batman the Animated Series with Baby Doll. And he plays like the Cousin Oliver character who was brought on the show and sort of took it over. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's oh, great. Oh, jokes. Oh, and I also forgot he was uh, Ted Baxter's uh, son on Mary Tyler Moore. Oh. And uh, he's done a bunch of Ninja Turtles. He's Michelangelo in that first uh, ninja- live-action movie. Mm-hmm. Neat. And then he's Mondo Gecko in that new CG show. Ooh. Mondo Gecko's in the new show? Oh. Or the, the new, not the brand new one, but the newer one, the CG one. Oh, that's a good okay. one. It had, like, everybody in it. Yeah. It had Mondo Gecko. It had the punk frogs. It had a whole thing, like, where they go to furry feudal Japan and hang out with Usagi Ojimbo. (gasps) Oh, I think half the Ninja Turtles cartoons have done that, but... Well... Usually just for an episode. I think the original ones had him come to modern New York. That's sort of the two ways you do it, or you, I guess the three ways, because think, then you have the the two thousands Fox Kids cartoon where it was just like yeah. a big interdimensional gathering, space gladiator thing. Yeah. The point is, there are many different ways you can do it, but they did it through <laughs> some sort of time travel that also took them to the furry universe, the furry verse, if you will. Oh. That's right, Kid Video what? came up because he had mentioned something that, like, had all the music changed in the official, like, DVD release. Mm. It's like, you know what else had all the music changed? <laughs> the show that relied, that relied heavily on current pop music. Mm. Alright, so that is it for this episode. We'll be back uh, next week with... Uh, some uh, some rescue bots. Aww, it's time for the good boys. That's right. We are going to roll back to the rescue for another season. Uh, but of course, oh, slight slight diversion that that I I forgot when I when I was editing episodes, and in my little bonus comments about. Talking about Tokusatsu, and, and I, I, was, I was stuck. It's like, which is better, Ryu Soldier, Go Go Five, or, or Zoo Ranger? Somehow, my brain in that fog completely forgot Go Kaiger, which I've also seen all of, and is way better than anything else. Oh my god! Mm. It, it, it's Space Pirate Rangers. It's great. And I'm almost done with Tokuger, which. Despite being more kid-aimed and about trains and, and combining robot is ugly, train dick, is really good! <laughs> oh, is that the one that's like, I have the strangest boner? <laughs> yeah, the one with the train dick. That one, against all odds, I should not be liking it. it it's so toy, so toyetic and, and child aimed and, and the, the trains, I, it's an aesthetic I don't give a shit about, but it's really well written. 
So so I'm enjoying that. That's that's better than uh, Zoo Ranger, Go Go Five, and Ryu Soldier, but I haven't finished it yet. But Go Kaiger is better than anything else by a factor of five, possibly. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, oh, and 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 uh, lottery. Well, um, Twitter polls have finally decided what I'm going to be watching next time. Although I had to do it twice because it was a tie the first time. Between Die Ranger and Mega Ranger, I'm watching Die Ranger next season. All right. Which is the one that was adapted second in Power Rangers, but they didn't use the suits except for the White Ranger. But they used all the robots. They just didn't use the Power Ranger suits, which was weird. Anyway. All right. So in, until then, of course, you can find until next week, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at iaconunderground, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash iaconunderground. URLs are difficult. Uh, so this month, uh, we have decided that the internet has quite enough, uh, various think pieces dissecting WandaVision. Uh, so we are going to go back in time <laughs> to the dark, dark days of 1999 <laughs> to the episode of the Avengers cartoon that has Agna- Agatha Harkness in it. Avengers! <laughs> We're not watching WandaVision? <laughs> I mean, we... But I watched all of WandaVision. Oh, we can oh. talk about it a little. You were going to watch WandaVision anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all were going to watch WandaVision anyway. Like, we as, like, yeah. a people. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was going to say, like, as a nation, but I feel like it goes beyond borders. <laughs> like, <laughs> humanity was going to watch WandaVision anyway. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Why are they like this? Benjamin. Okay, well, Benjamin started recording a second too early. Could you not? Audio, uh, special guest audio engineer, Benjamin. Okay, so we're all recording now? Good, yes. Yes, we are. I'll make it fit. I had the, I had the cursor over the record button and he just reached up with his back leg and <laughs> smacked my mouse pad. How does he reach up with a back leg? Could you leg? not? I told you he's, he's wiped a rain with a back leg? Yeah, he's just rolling over and getting comfy. Where is his basket? If he reaches up and hits the button with a back leg. No, he's on my lap. Oh, okay, that, yeah, that makes sense. He's currently on my lap. And he rolled over onto his back a little bit and kicked out his back leg up onto my desk and hit the mouse button. My main problem with my cat is he loves to make me jump in Warcraft. (laughs) oh yeah he does that it's his favorite thing is to just come up and sit directly up against my mouse mouse bar or my uh, space bar 
Like a jerk. What a jerk. He's a big baby. He's purring now. He knows he's being a pain in the ass.